The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. Henrico students will be attending school virtually this year, but many will still interact with police throughout the school day. Alan Rodriguez Espinosa reports. Henrico School Resource Officers, or SROs, will be taking on a number of virtual roles this year, some of which they usually do in person. They will co-teach classes like driver's ed, hold virtual office hours, and sponsor after-school activities. School board member Alicia Atkins says this helps police grow their relationships with students. I think it's so important um, to introduce our children to positive role models, firefighters, um, policemen, etc. As anti-racism protests throw the role of police throughout the state into question, the Richmond School Board is considering removing SROs from its buildings, and Charlottesville has already done so. But the Henrico School Board hopes improved sensitivity training for police will address community concerns, and safety manager Courtney Berry says more police presence is the right move for the district. At the end of the day, the relationship schools has with Henrico police is extremely positive. According to their contract, Henrico schools paid $1.5 million for its SROs for the coming school year. Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, VPM News. More than half of Virginia public school districts will reopen this week with virtual learning. Patrick Larson has more on reopening plans around the state. As Virginia schools begin a new year, they will not operate the same way. More than half of the 132 school districts have opted to go fully virtual. This includes Richmond, Chesterfield, and Henrico. Ten school districts, including Hanover County, will return to in-person school. This means students will have four or more face-to-face days in classrooms each week. Students will be required to wear masks at all times except to eat or to drink. Many of Virginia school districts have adopted a hybrid of in-person and virtual learning. Schools and district officials had to turn in health plans to the state showing how they'd manage COVID-19's high risk of transmission. These plans also include information on how schools say they will have to deviate from health guidelines upon reopening. Patrick Larson, VPM News. With Richmond Public Schools committing to fully remote learning this fall, students will still be able to receive meals each day. A study two years ago by Feeding America, the largest hunger relief group in the country, found that nearly a quarter of all Richmond children were food insecure. This means families run out of money to buy food. These children often rely on the city's public schools to provide their breakfast and lunch. Richmond School District says that meals can be picked up every day from locations and drop-off points throughout the city. RPS parents can find more information at the district's website. With less than two months before Election Day, Governor Ralph Northam has signed a bill into law that aims to make it easier to vote early in Virginia. Whitney Evans has more. The legislation is the first to become law from the General Assembly's current special session. It lets local governments create secure drop-off boxes and drop-off locations for absentee ballots in lieu of sending them in the mail. It also provides $2 million for prepaid return postage. Senate Republicans oppose the bill, calling it expensive and unnecessary. They raise security concerns about potential ballot harvesting and people tampering with drop boxes. 
Numerous reports, including one from a Voting Integrity Commission launched by President Donald Trump's administration, found no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Absentee voting starts September 18th. Election Day is November 3rd. Whitney Evans, VPM News. Last week, Virginia's highest court rejected Governor Ralph Northam's request to postpone evicting residents until October. Justices said there's no need to extend the statewide ban because the Centers for Disease Control already ordered a federal ban. But Northam and other Democrats are skeptical that's sufficient. Marty Wegbright is with Central Virginia Legal Aid Society. He spoke with VPM contributor Dan Rosenthal Monday morning. Obviously not all of those people will be turned out of their houses, but if enough of them are, then they will just continue to spread the coronavirus because they won't be able to socially distance. Again, you, you can't shelter in place without a place to shelter. The Virginia Apartment Management Association calls the federal ban unconstitutional, and their CEO Patrick McLeod said the federal ban goes too far. The major issue behind this order that property owners have a problem with is that it becomes, an, in our opinion, an unconstitutional taking. Because the federal government is denying access to a property and the, without compensation. The RVA Eviction Lab reported last month that nearly 300,000 households across the Commonwealth had little or no confidence that they would be able to pay their rent in September. Heavy rains have helped rescue some crops in Virginia as the weather went from hot and dry in July to the second wettest August on record. Charles Fishburne reports. The rain was too late for some crops, too much for others. But Mike Wallace at the Virginia Department of Agriculture says it was mostly good. Peanuts, cotton, as well as pastures and pond water all benefited from the heavy rains. Kevin Engel of Hanover has farms in 19 counties from Chesapeake to Nelson. Despite the very hot July, we have welcomed the rain. He says it'll help save his late corn crops west of Richmond, along with soybeans. Apple growers in the valley say the rains helped to make up for a late freeze and a hot summer, and those apples that survived will be large and juicy. And Engel says what most farmers need now is a sunny and warm September to dry out the fields so they can get heavy equipment out to harvest. Charles Fishburn, VPM News. Just a week into the fall semester, James Madison University in Harrisonburg announced that classes will go online for the next few weeks due to an outbreak of COVID-19, one of the worst at any college in Virginia. Calvin Pinn with partner station WMRA caught up with some of those students as they were packing up to go back home. It's 4 p.m., and the quad in front of Wilson Hall looks as it normally would on a Saturday afternoon. Students are hanging out, studying, playing frisbee, but over at the residence halls, it looks more like the end of the semester than the beginning. James Madison University made it one week into the fall semester before an overwhelming number of positive COVID-19 cases among the student body forced the university to cancel all in-person classes and pivot online for at least the next month. The decision also means that most students living on campus must return home until then. For many freshmen, such as Riley Brown, that meant having to leave their dorms almost as soon as they arrived. I definitely feel kind of like overwhelmed because I just started like getting used to college classes and now it's all changing going back home to do it. As she helped her parents load a trailer parked outside of her dorm at Chapelier Hall, she said the university's decision was inevitable. Um, I'm pretty bummed about it, but I think everyone saw it coming, so it's kind of we just didn't think it would happen so soon. Once Brown returns to her parents' home in Baltimore, she, like all other students moving off campus, will have to quarantine for two weeks to prevent an outbreak in her hometown. Public health experts have discouraged universities from sending students home for that very reason. Some other students, such as freshman Jordan Harris, have parents who are immunocompromised. Well, my dad just got over leukemia. He had a bone marrow transplant. 
a few months ago. So I didn't think it would be safe to go home right away. So we're gonna quarantine for a little and then I think we're gonna get tested before I actually go back to my family. She and Brown became friends in the short time they've lived in the same hall and will stay with Brown's family until it's safe to go back to her house in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Even after I go home, I'm still gonna try and stay away for a little bit. Freshman Paige Middleton is planning to fly back to her home in New Jersey on Monday. After she and her peers lost their last few months of high school to the pandemic, suddenly having to leave campus in her first year of college dealt another blow. So it was kind of sad to like, you know, come in, but I think it's like the safest option right now. As a health sciences major on track to JMU's physician assistant program, she felt the university could have handled the beginning of the semester differently. I kind of wish when we arrived on campus, we were kind of either all tested or like we all quarantined for two weeks. As of Sunday, the COVID-19 dashboard published by The Breeze, JMU's student paper, showed 772 positive student cases. Only 11 of the 143 quarantine beds sanctioned by the university remain open. Certain on-campus services, such as the dining halls and libraries, will still operate through September, and JMU also gave students the option to stay in their dorms. Freshman Annie McGowan took the university up on its offer. Her home in Fort Mill, South Carolina, is five and a half hours away, and, like Harris, McGowan doesn't want to endanger her parents. So my dad has pre-existing conditions. He has, like, heart issues, so if he got COVID, it would kind of be... It would be really bad for him to get it, so I just want to make sure that I don't have it for at least two weeks. And then I can think about going home, and it's also like, I don't have a car on campus, so I can't just like put my stuff in my car and go home. I have to like plan that out with my parents, get them to come up here. They both have full-time jobs, so like, that's very stressful on them. JMU's withdrawal deadline has been extended to October 10th, with a contingent plan to return to in-person classes on October 5th. According to McGowan, most of her classmates aren't holding their breath. I feel like if they bring us back on campus, you're just going to have another surge again of cases, and then we're just going to be back at square one like where we started. As with all things impacted by COVID, only time will tell. I'm Calvin Penn. All the stories you've heard can be found online at vpm.org news. This has been the Daily VPM Newscast. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPM podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs)